If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's a hot time. We had a hot time. Together. Together. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. And it just so happens that August is National Wellness Month. I normally don't know that kind of crap, but I saw it while skimming a newsletter just before writing this intro. I took it as a sign from the universe that I'm in the flow, since I already have a month's worth of wellness content coming at you. Feeling in sync with self, nature, community, and the universe is the ultimate high. And since the ebb and flow between isolation and connectedness is inevitable for all of us in all areas of life, developing a healthy handle on your shit is the adult thing to do. Because I prefer plants over pills and solutions over fixes, I'm exploring practical and safe alternatives to the mental health and wellness protocols we're used to. On my birthday this year, my mom welcomed me into the prime of my life. I spent a lot of time while packing up the studio, examining where I've been, the new chapter I'm in now, and imagining the places I'll still go. I happen to be in that age bracket where folks are coming to terms with life circumstances, looking at and dealing with their shit, and embracing who they are, warts and all. Today's guest on the podcast is walking the walk and helping others do the same. Allie Waddell is a woman after my own heart, standing for radical honesty, self-awareness, and self-love. And she believes that only when we heal ourselves can we heal the world. Allie has been recognized as an expert in the wellness industry for nearly two decades, empowering people to create and maintain healthy and happy lives. As a coach, speaker, and co-founder at Aluma, Austin's premier ketamine infusion clinic, Waddell is a lifeline of healing and holistic well-being. All of us are on this earth with a purpose and a mission to express our light. But many times, trauma and life circumstances can cause that light to dim or to be blocked out by fear, depression, and anxiety. At Aluma, Allie and the team provide tools for lifelong personal transformation, helping people shine bright again. Patients rediscover, remember, and reconnect with the amazing spirit that was previously just beyond their reach. 
During our chat, Allie gives us a 101 look at ketamine and how it changed her life and the lives of her clients. But first, a word from our sponsor, MJ Relief, the muscle rub PhD formulated for what aches and pains you. And this week, you'll hear the rest of the story on my recent move back to the wine and wheat country. My personal life is unboxed and situated, but the studio is still packed up waiting for the space to be ready. In the meantime, I booked a two-hour massage with my girl, Dr. Dre, and brought MJ Relief to substitute for regular massage oil. I hadn't seen Drea since we launched the Muscle Rub and received rave reviews from her as a massage therapist. It's all about that glide, baby. And during a two-hour massage, what that oil smells like matters. And we both found the terpene profile relaxing and not overwhelming to the olfactory system. Also, I get deep tissue massages, and my body was jacked. So I was doubly appreciative of the skin-soothing and pain-relieving qualities of MJ Relief. Now, if you're feeling my pain and want some muscle and joint relief of your own, head over to mjskinrelief.com and order a tube before your next massage. And I invite you acupuncturists, massage, or physical therapist to become a wholesale partner. Simply email me through the website to get the conversation started. That's mjskinrelief.com. And for those of you who are already fans of MJ Relief, please send a video or voice memo and let me share your story of relief on the podcast. You can also leave a written review on the website. And follow at mjskinrelief if you're a social butterfly. The Sustainability Roll-Up is presented by OCB Rolling Papers. In perfect harmony with natural, sustainable practices, it's always been the OCB signature to provide the highest quality, responsibly sourced, and sustainably crafted rolling papers. In my chat with Allie, we talk about the use of ketamine to treat soldiers on and off the battlefield. That conversation drew me to horticultural therapy for this week's Roll-Up. Horticultural therapy combines gardening and social services to improve the lives of people with physical and or mental health problems. A horticultural therapist engages a patient in gardening and plant-based activities to achieve specific therapeutic treatment goals. These horticultural therapists can be found working in rehab centers, hospitals, schools, community gardens, retirement centers, and correctional facilities. They often collaborate with healthcare practitioners and mental health experts. I discovered a number of wonderful programs across the country at the intersection of healing and community, providing vocational skills in sustainable farming coupled with community and horticultural therapy. I want to tell you about a few of them, and I will be sure to share links in the show notes. Growing Veterans is one such organization based in Washington State, founded by a combat-wounded United States Marine Corps veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan by the name of Christopher Brown. His co-founder is a former mental health counselor turned farmer, Christina Wolf. 
Together, they agreed that using the farm as the catalyst for human connection and veteran reintegration could have a powerful impact on the health and well-being of not only vets returning home, but also the world. The fact that one of them is a veteran and the other a civilian is an important distinction to the growing veterans organization. They believe that only through the mutual engagement and support between veterans and civilians will we see veterans have a complete and holistic transition home into our communities after military service. Nurturing Roots is another farm in Washington utilizing horticultural therapy. Founded in 2016 by Niama Clark, Nurturing Roots Farm is a Black-led grassroots organization that operates a Black community farm in the Beacon Hill community of Seattle. It is entirely volunteer-run and has been in service to the community for over seven years. Through physical toil and love, Nurturing Roots has created a garden healing space, along with a farming and education program that fosters wellness around the neighborhood. Since its establishment, Nurturing Roots has brought the local community together by hosting events, providing volunteering opportunities, and partnering with local restaurants. Across the country in Florida, GROW is a veteran training program for hydroponic and aquaponic sustainable agriculture designed to assist veterans in pursuing a future in sustainable farming and ag business. The GROW program consists of classes with curriculum created by University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences, farm field training, community involvement, and horticulture therapy. Similarly, Archie's Acres, a California benefit corporation, is a farming enterprise that utilizes hydro-organic technology to grow certified organic produce. Headquartered in Escondido, California, Archie's Acres grows basil, kale, and other herbs and produce. And the farm is home to Archie's Institute for Sustainable Agriculture, in partnership with Cal Poly Pomona, offering six- and 12-week programs in organic agribusiness. AISA has educated transitioning servicemen and women, as well as members of the general public, to be successful in the sustainable and organic agricultural industry. Since the program's inception in 2007, Archie's Institute has helped more than 450 graduates with job placement assistance and business creation after graduation. Everything from successful farm owners and workers, soil testing pioneers, restaurateurs, and owners of food companies. Whether you're curious about horticultural therapy or interested in joining the sustainable agricultural community or seeking to acquire fundamental skills of sustainable farming and self-employment, finding an organization like this in your area is a simple online search away. And if you're searching for rolling papers worthy of that clean green you're smoking, Look no further than OCB. All OCB rolling papers are plant to puff and made in a facility that's powered by 100% green energy. And all OCB papers are vegan, GMO-free, chlorine-free, and dye-free. You'll love OCB even more because they make no-tear, even-burning rolling papers with natural, always-stick acacia gum grown in African fields that OCB has been reforesting for decades. 
Of course, you must be 21 and older to buy OCB rolling papers and to follow the natural wonders of OCB on social. At OCB underscore USA. And if you're ready to master the art of hand rolling your joints, I invite you to learn the craft alongside me on the Roll With Me video series, live streaming on the Casually Baked YouTube channel, with replays on the WeedTube and IGTV. And if you haven't bought your rolling supplies yet, visit ocbusa.com backslash baked to get four booklets of OCB and a rolling tray for only $4.99. This bundle is worth 20 bucks and is around for a limited time. But the rolling skills and street cred we'll earn together, my friend, makes this bundle priceless. As for you OGs who can roll a joint while smoking one, I challenge you to sample the entire line of OCB products and let me know your favorite. Ask for OCB wherever you buy your papers. You'll find links to the OCB special offer as well as an interest form for joining me on an episode of Roll With Me in the Podcast 198 show notes at casuallybaked.com. If you grew up like me being told that life's a bitch and then you die, this podcast is for you. It's also for anyone exhausted with the struggle, be it the thought loop from hell, PTSD, addiction, eating disorders, anger, anxiety, or depression. We're going to learn together the ins and outs of ketamine and how this altered state experience is being used with zero side effects to treat both veterans and civilians. Here we go. Allie's taking us down the K-hole. So smoke what you've got and buckle up, buttercup. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar gun. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. Hi, Allie. Thank you for hosting me. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Austin. Yes, I love your space. It's really beautiful here. Goal is to make it feel relaxing. Do you feel relaxed? I do feel relaxed. <laughs> I'm not casually baked, which I normally am before I record a show. But I just came from the radio station where I used to work, visiting some friends, and you and then I took be... a, and then I took an Uber over here, and they made me wear a mask, and I couldn't smoke a joint in the car. So <laughs> that's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> so you are an aficionado of ketamine and ketamine treatments, and I'm a complete newbie. I'm extremely interested in it. I have several friends that have done the either six or nine treatments and for all kinds of different things. And so I thought we could start out and you just kind of give us our ketamine 101. What is it? How does it work? Kind of a deal. And then just go off from there. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I think the best way to start is just like, what is ketamine? So most people know ketamine most novice people know ketamine for two things. They say, isn't it a street drug called Special K, which most people, especially if you're from the 90s, teenage from the 90s, that would be ra me. rave scene, <laughs> knew it back then. Also still very big kind of in, uh, in kind of that scene. Um, or horse tranquilizer, animal tranquilizer. Um, both of those things are actually true. We will kind of go into that. But the background of it is 
it was it's an anesthesia it was developed during vietnam and actually has a really interesting backstory so prior to vietnam we were using morphine on the battlefront somebody gets their leg blown off they're in pain you stick morphine in them the problem was hey music lovers the Canamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lambkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Canamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com We were overdosing tens of thousands, if not millions of people, because it's hard to dose that correctly, um, especially in the middle of war. Um, because what happens is if you give too much morphine, it slows down your breath rate, it slows down your heart rate, and you actually just die. That's yeah. kind of opioid overdose. Um, and so they were trying to come up with the anesthesia that worked, but didn't suppress your breath rate or your heart rate. And so they developed um, ketamine. And so it turned into, it's called the buddy drug. And so they were able to give it on the battlefront for pain and it would immediately relieve that. And it wouldn't, you know, it was way safer than morphine was. Um, so that was 40 years ago. So then about 15, 20 years ago, the VA also uses it a lot for burn accidents because imagine the pain that is when you have something like a blast wound and you're burned. I mean, people say it's the most painful thing that can happen to a human. Oh, and I feel like such a weenie. I don't know if you can see the scar on I my can. wrist. Yeah. I Two weeks ago, I spilled boiling water on my arm and I just, and I even told my sister, I said, this is a, you know, three inch space in, on my wrist. And I just think about people that are covered in burns yeah. and it, it was heart wrenching to think about, you know, em empathically think about somebody else in that situation. Completely. And then especially when it's like two or third degree burns and they have to like take the skin off, clean it. I mean, it is a brutal thing. So, um, in the VA, they were used some, for some burn patients at some VAs, they were using morphine as their pain. And at some burn centers, they were using ketamine as their pain management for that. And all of a sudden, the doctor started to notice that the guys who were getting ketamine didn't have PTSD, were not waking up with fear dreams, were not having trauma response. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, that's weird. <laughs> like, you know, it was like, again, a medical accident, which happens all the time. Yeah. You know, we didn't realize this was happening. And so then that's when they really started studying it. And the studies are just unbelievable. It's the most studied psychedelic 
on the planet. It has wow. more studies than any other psychedelic. A lot of people now have heard about what's happening with psilocybin, MDMA, um, but ketamine has been studied at length, especially with the VA. And so what it does in the brain in low dose, lower doses. So these are what are called sub anesthetic doses. So you're awake. You're not asleep. You can get enough ketamine that you can be asleep, but these are sub anesthetic doses. And what it does is it does a few things. Um, neurologically is after years or even big stress responses, trauma, depression, anxiety, literally parts of your brain start to atrophy. Um, so parts of your brain, especially around emotional control and especially around creativity, anybody who's been under high amounts of stress, you understand that your creativity plummets. Things start to not just not work. You get stuck in rumination loops where you want to stop thinking about whatever you're thinking about. <laughs> you want to think your way out of the problem, but you can't. You can't change those patterns because if most people have heard what wires, what fires together, wires together. So basically our thoughts create these loops in our mind and we became very efficient at doing those. Yeah. And it's almost impossible for us to break them. Yeah. There are ways, meditation, EMDR, years of personal work. <laughs> you can work yourself out of patterns, but it's, but it's a challenge. But what ketamine does is it turns on all your neural pathways at once. And then at the same time, it floods your brain with BDNF, brain-derived neuro neurotropic factor which is basically growth factor for your brain and so that so is yeah. this like whenever okay at you know 24 25 when our the plasticity neuroplasticity is kind of ends mm -hmm. so to speak is this just meaning that that is um like softening those loops like what does that mean what yeah. is what is bdnf so bdnf basically so ketamine while you're under ketamine turns on the growth factor i mean turns on the neuropathways but it's but if you weren't getting bdnf as soon as you were out as soon as the ketamine wore off those would turn back off and you'd go right back in but what the growth factor does is allow those neuropathways to stay on long after oh, and so it. that's why the repetitiveness of getting the series so that you're not just getting one infusion you're getting a series we can go into kind of logistics later um that's why you get a series because you want to kind of really bathe the brain in that growth factor so that those new neuropathways and they're not actually new they're just kind of reinvigorated neuropathways can can stay on Got long term it. and that's where the ther therapy comes in because then you need to work into those new so you haha -ha, you got this big insight but if you don't start living into that new insight you will fall right back into that rut because that rut is probably dug pretty deep absolutely yeah. i always kind of visualize it as you know i grew up in the country driving on a dirt road and exactly. when it rains and you you create those grooves and then trying to get out of them, it's like so, <laughs> like lose control of your car. And exactly. so it's easy to just be like, fuck it, I'll just get back in there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we have that one. So that's what's happening kind of in your brain. Um, and then there's the psych psychedelic or psychotropic effect, which is ketamine is what's called a dissociative. It's one of the only drugs in that class, along with PCP, interestingly. They're very similar. Um, but what that means is it takes you out of your body. So it gives you a third party perspective of what's happening in your life. So while you're under ketamine, it's a little bit like lucid dreaming. Um, but it would be like you are the observer of your life and you're not the actor in your life. And from that new perspective, 
you gain a ton of insights on your patterns, how you are, what you're doing, what you're not doing, and why you're doing that. And because so many of us are just stuck kind of in our normal, you know, it's called the default mode network. That's actually what it's called in your system. This is just our standard operating procedure. And you need some kind of heavy lifting to break you out of that. And psychotropic substances are what have been used for tens of thousands of years to do that. And ketamine is the newest one on the block, basically. I dig it. So we're talking anxiety, depression, PTSD. I have a friend who is doing it because of anger issues. Yeah. Um, I heard you mention once before about um, people with eating disorders, Mm -hmm. that it's helpful. And, you know, I have a friend who struggles with that. And And she does say, like, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not thinking about it, even if she's feeling good and hasn't, you know, thrown up for a week or so. It's still she's like every day it's Mm -hmm. in my mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really great for anything where you have pattern loop issues. Eating disorder is one of them. OCD is another huge one. You know, that is just your brain has decided it's stuck in these loops. Yeah. It's stuck in your kind of triggering. Um, but then the other interesting part, and I would say about 20% of our clientele, is actually people who would not identify themselves as dealing with any of those things. It's high-functioning people who are using it as a personal growth and break breakthrough tool, you know, who are really on a personal growth path but really want to kind of push the edge and see – where are the other walls that are in front of me that I'm not really seeing? Yeah, right where now? are their because, blind spots? Because everybody has them. I, you could be killing it at life, and you know there's stuff that you're choosing not to look at. <laughs> you know, it's and so true. it's a cool tool just for that as well. Yeah, um, I had was watching something you had done before, talking about it expands your emotional center as mm-hmm. well. You talk about that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things, it's a really spiritual drug, um, much like cannabis in a lot of ways of like, and I think all psychedelics, you know, I think one of the, the core things about that is it's really a reminder of a connection with yourself, which I think is where it all starts. It it gives you an embodied knowing that you're okay, which is something I think that everybody is striving for. Um because I think all, most of us are just kind of faking it a lot of times, hoping it's going to be okay, <laughs> trying to convince ourselves it's, it's going to be okay and that we trust and that we can surrender to the universe and we can surrender to ourselves. Um, but ketamine really does an embodied remembrance of like, I'm not alone. We're all in this together. This is all part of something else. Like, we're all really connected. It really has a spiritual connectivity to it of a reminder of that. And I think from that place, you really can find one thing, way more empathy with yourself. And then once you have empathy, judgment is all about you. It has nothing to do with the other person. And so when you cannot find empathy for other people, it always has to do with you yourself. Yeah. Not loving yourself. Completely. Absolutely. Or people are assholes. (laughs) There's both of those things. Very, very true. Both are true. And, you know, that's the the thing that I've always loved about cannabis. I tell people it's my co-pilot because it did help me be way more loving to myself and others. I feel like I'm a better human when I use cannabis. 
But I, one of the things that I use it for is the low level anxiety that I feel all the time and the OCD mm-hmm. of, you know, and I don't think my OCD is something that I, you know, inside of me, but I was raised in a very military style mm-hmm. um, environment. And so, you know, everything needs to be clean. And if somebody comes into my space and things get moved around or not put back up, I can turn into a crazy person. Yeah. And so, you know, just using, I've used cannabis to just kind of keep that at bay. But if there was an opportunity to just eliminate that shit, mm-hmm. yes, please. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's amazing because there's so many things, you know, I've struggled. My biggest things was, I mean, one of my biggest things was the eating disorder for 15 years. I was bulimic while in the wellness industry. And I really, but I've had body dysmorphia since I was a kid. And that's, to be honest, from my mom. I mean, my mom has, and still to this day is almost 70, isn't skinny enough and isn't, you know, like still can't accept herself. And I've always heard that as much as she thought I was beautiful. This is just, I'm just going to give a little PSA right now. Moms, parents, you can tell your kids whatever you want. They will pattern how you treat yourself all day. 100%. It doesn't matter if you tell them they're beautiful. If they see you talking down about your body, talking down about yourself, that will become their inner voice. And you need to know that. And I don't think people are as aware of that. They think that they can just be very sweet to their kids and very mean to themselves. And somehow their kids will not see that. But God, they that's will so true. Pick it up. <laughs> and I have one of my best girlfriends. She had the same story, you know, watching her mom look at herself in the mirror and say the ugliest things about herself. And she's thinking my mom's the most beautiful person in the world. And now she's the most beautiful person in the world and is exactly like her mother. Exactly. But, you know, it was just one of those things that I'd kind of gotten to a point where I was like, it's always going to be an issue. You know, like I kind of just said, you know, I'll find ways. I'm much better. I'm much healthier than I used to be. I don't purge anymore. I'm much kinder to myself, but I just always thought it was going to be a thing. And ketamine has almost completely eliminated it. And I really never thought that was a possibility. That's amazing. That's such a hopeful thing for people to know that they can be empowered through, you know, these holistic approaches Mm -hmm. to, and I mean, I call that holistic. I don't, I don't, you know, you're not taking a pill all the time. You're not requiring, um, you know, a, a session with a doctor constantly being like, look, I can do this. I can make myself better. I can create a space where I can love myself. And, and then, you know, like, as, like you said, you know, when you're doing it, when your people will mirror that or, you know, I tell people all the time, I want to show you how to live an inspired life by living an inspired life. That's the only way we can do it. <laughs> Actually, that's the only way. And I love that you brought that up because that's a like core tenant of Aluma is 
we want to change the mental health paradigm because the Western mental health paradigm has been, and this is all Western medicine, but especially mental health, is a top-down hierarchy approach that the doctor knows what's wrong with you and you are broken and there's something wrong with your brain and there's nothing you can do about it except take this thing for the rest of your life and we don't really know the side effects and we don't really know that it works and if that one doesn't work, we'll give you 10 others. And it's a completely disempowering model. It is that you have no way to fix yourself. And we just, I don't, I do not believe that at all. Our big thing here is we are no different than you. That's why me and Ken are very out loud about both of our struggles, that we use ketamine, that we continue to use ketamine, that we do integration. And this is how we do it because there is no difference between me and you. We are the same. We have a tool that can help you to heal yourself. We are only here as guides. You're actually doing all of this and that we have just given you a tool to help you. And we're going to hold space and create a beautiful environment for you to do that and give you other tools to put in your toolbox so that you can get yourself better because that is how people actually heal actually heal in relationship and then they heal by empowering themselves to know that there's a different way to be because that's the only way people will ever actually change long term yeah amen and the thing with you know the antidepressants and stuff the laundry list of side effects is oh it's ridiculous but the the worst is that you can't orgasm Oh, yeah. Like if you're not depressed already, yes. get fat and then not be able to have sex. Yes. <laughs> yes. In case you weren't depressed before. <laughs> here you go. I mean, seriously, those are the two things that I mean, goodness, getting gaining weight and then not being able to have an enjoyable sex life will put anybody in the loony bin. Really. I, yes, it's <laughs> the truth. Well, and that's how whenever I learned that there aren't side effects from the ketamine treatments. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why would anybody take antidepressants versus trying this? Yeah. Well, some people, I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons. Um, you know, antidepressants can be good for people short term. They can. Here's the deal though. Just because nobody actually will ever tell you this. There are no long-term studies on antidepressants. No studies are over six months. You know why? Because they don't work. They don't work after six months, but people will stay on them for years, if not decades, and then they do stacking effect. And then you add on benzodiazepines, which are anti-anxiety medications, which are actually way the hardest drug to get off of, harder than heroin, harder than any other medication. And nobody tells people that when they get on them. Nobody tells anybody. And they are... It takes years. It takes half the time that you're on them to get off of them. So if you've been on them for 10 years, it will take you two to five years to wean off and it will still suck. That's and insane. so it's just, and, and the other thing is so many people are now getting mental health medications from their GP, from their general practitioner who does not have a psych background, who does not know meta-interaction, who is basically just prescribing stuff. I mean, we'll have people come in. They're on seven meds. They don't know what half of them are. I mean, they know what they are, but they don't know what the, why they're on them. And then you just get, they're like, I feel completely numb. And I'm like, well, 
well that's because you have the emotional range of like a millimeter i mean like yeah you maybe don't want to die but you're definitely not feeling anything but that's kind of the point right you don't want to live but you're not or don't want to die but you're not living yeah we call that like you're barely living you're definitely not thriving like the goal is to thrive you know if people are like well i'm okay is that really the goal like okay like should we be let's up the bar just right that's the trophies for everyone (laughs) mentality (laughs) exactly but you know i think ketamine it feels fringy for people still it's just now gaining popularity i think those two things i said at the beginning scare people fact that it's a club drug here you go people everything can be abused every single thing your phone your television alcohol weed i mean every everything can be abused ketamine is so widely used that it is pretty accessible and it's real cheap so that's why it's used a lot in drugs you know in clubs and that kind of thing um it's used a lot in pets because (laughs) you don't have to intubate them or put a breathing tube in so it's used a lot in vet office so that's why people consider it with pets um so i think it I think a part of our fight is just awareness and re-education and just realizing we're just at the beginning of kind of the psychedelic revolution and we're going to have to do a lot of work around just re-educating people on what it is and how it's used. Just like we had to do with weed. Yeah. You know, and that and that we're still so, doing. We're still doing, but man, is it way more accessible and that people understand it and like the array of people that now use it oh yeah and that and that are open about it right and almost seven out of ten people are like just legalize this shit (laughs) everywhere yes (laughs) where why are we not true yeah so speaking of cannabis what's the relationship between cannabis and ketamine so someone Mm -hmm. like me who consumes cannabis every day if i were to come in to do ketamine treatment what how does that work yeah so it's we have a lot of people that use cannabis daily. Um, there's no interaction between them. So it's there's not anything bad that's going to happen. We, we have had some people that they have told us, I have a weed dependency that I would like to at least cut back on. That it's maybe I'm using it to an excess to kind of manage my mental health symptoms. And I would like to kind of transition less than that. And when that happens, then one of the things that we'll say is, can you, can you sustain for three days? And that's just for those people who feel like they're using it at excess and we want to kind of see if we can get them to downregulate it. But there's no interaction where it's bad. The interesting thing is there's a really great interaction with CBD post-ketamine. So we actually have CBD at the front and many of our clients when we leave will have them take full spectrum CBD um, when they leave. And it just really helps you kind of re-land in your body because since ketamine is a dissociative, it uh, CBD can just help ground you and kind of come back in a lot better. It also helps with the neuroplasticity after effect to last longer. Okay. I appreciate that. So if I came in, would it be like, don't come in casually baked, uh, you know, don't smoke that day or does it matter? It, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Okay. <laughs> I mean, some people will say don't smoke that day, but I'm like, I mean, don't come in high out of your mind because you probably, you're already about to get high out of your <laughs> mind. You know, like, maybe you don't want to do that stacking effect, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't interact in that way. So it's not, it's not going to be a 
it's not going to be a big deal. Okay. And so then yeah. how is the ketamine administered here? So we do IV ketamine. So you come in, we're set up like a med spa, you're in a private room, um, you have an infusion. We call them infusionists. They're trained paramedics. They're there to hold space and monitor you the whole time. So you come in. We do a brief meditation. They'll get you hooked up with your IV. You you are monitored. So you have like monitors on your body. You have a, a blood pressure cuff on your arm. You have a pulse ox on your finger. You're in a recliner. We do have TVs. Some people enjoy videos. I say go eye mask. <laughs> That's my stay internal. Go eye mask. We have a ton of playlists to listen to. Um, and then the IV starts and the IV is on a pump. And so it's administered you the medication over 60 minutes. So it's always 60 minutes. We can speed that up or slow it down if, if need be. Um, and then you'll recover for maybe five to 10 minutes in the chair. And then we'll bring you into recovery room and you'll recover usually for about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, our nurse practitioner will come in. She'll do an exit interview, make sure everything's okay. We do personalized care. So the dosing is personalized to every client. And that's something we co-create with the client because we really do believe that their experience and their interpretation of the experience is super important for us to understand the art of ketamine. And so we will ask, how, how intense was that? Any scary moments? How are you feeling right now? And then we'll check in with them the next day. Then we'll suggest, I would suggest maybe going up. How are you feeling about that? And then they always have the right to kind of control where their dosing is. And so what's the um, the clip at which the you do the yeah, cadence? That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, so you do a series of six infusions, typically over four to six weeks. Um, if you're more on the severe side, we do it over four weeks, so that would be two the first week, two the second week, one the third week, one the fourth week. If you're um, on the higher functioning side or you have a really busy life, I suggest giving yourself more time and maybe just doing one a week for six weeks. Okay. And I have a friend who's done, like he's done nine of them. Yeah. Is there a thing of just keeping it going for a longer period mm -hmm. of time if you really feel like you're in that? That rumination loop. Yeah. Yeah. There are people that are either real severe or have been struggling a long time or are on a lot of mental health meds. If you're on a lot of meds, it's going to take more to break through those emotional rails that those meds put your brain on. Yeah. Um, and Because so I've I, heard that, like, you know, it can calcify your pineal gland. Oh, yeah. I can. <laughs> and so then you're like, you are a robot. Yeah. You got to break through that. <laughs> Yeah. And it, and it can take a while. And so that can be, you know, I think the biggest thing with everything is make sure people's expectations are correct. Yeah. You know, if you've been struggling for 30 years, <laughs> it's going to take longer than a month. I mean, let's just all get on board, you right. know, like you're playing it, the long game. It's here, hilarious clearly. when people come in and it's like they've done two infusions. They're like, I don't feel better. I'm like, it's been seven days. So like, let's uh, we'll yeah. pump the brakes, bro. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I would say about 10 percent of patients need to do what we call an extended series, which we start, which would be nine. And then we would, again, reevaluate. And we've had some people. I mean, we had one woman. She did almost 16, 18 the fir in the first clip. But that lady had been clinically depressed 
for 45 years, had not got out of bed in almost five years. I mean, was, I gotta say, the grumpiest bitch you have ever met in your life. She would, I mean, when she first started, our staff hated her. I mean, she was so mean, so nasty, you know, and we have to continually remind people, people are coming in at their worst. Yeah. So like, you can't expect them to be like rays of joy all the time. But she really was. And we got her to like nine and she was like, I don't feel better. And I'm like, oh Lord. <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, just let's, let's just keep doing it. And we paired her. She was working with an EMDR therapist, which EMDR and ketamine work unbelievably together. Now, EMDR, what is that EMDR is a type of therapy. And I can, will not tell you what it stands for because I can't remember. But it's a type of somatic therapy, which is a body therapy where you basically activate the two lobes of your brain, either through tapping oh, or eye movement. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then you go through trauma. And so it works very similarly to ketamine. But what's amazing, ketamine really opens you up emotionally. And then EMDR works even better because you're able to drop through a lot of layers that a lot of times people even have guardrails on those layers. Um, and so she was doing EMDR. And I'm not kidding. She is a different person. It's been two years now. She, I mean, her husband came in crying. He's like, you gave me my wife back that I had when we met, when we were in our twenties, we went on the boat. My friends can't even remember that she used to be like this. I mean, she brought us cookies. I mean, she's like so amazing. And now she comes in probably every two to three months for like a booster. I mean, she's doing unbelievable, That's unbelievable. Awesome. You know, when you have somebody that is in that challenged of a space, is there a way for them, like after you have the treatment, that they have a therapy session? Like, yes. Yeah. So there's a few different. So we also offer a different, uh, it's new to us service. It's called ketamine assisted therapy, K A T, cat, um, um, by our by our therapist, Carol Gilson. And she's the most well trained KT therapist in Texas. She sat with over 3,000 sessions. Um, and so that's slightly different. You still have the IV in. There's not an infusionist in the room. We do remote monitoring for that. It's at a lower dose. And she actually does therapy with you while you're going through ketamine. Oh. And so it's at a lower dose where you're where you're talking. Whereas our normal protocol is typically at a higher dose. You're not even in the room. So there's not really a point in having therapy because yeah. <laughs> you're just like not there. But uh, she does a lower dose and that works really beautifully with people with very uh, complex trauma who, who going into dissociative space can feel very scary for them or people with high control issues. So people with really high anxiety who are really nervous about, about being letting altered. go and surrendering and just want somebody that will help them. We also do have one specific um, integration coach who will come to this, come to Aluma and they can do post infusion integration in the recovery room afterward. But most people do their therapy about 24 hours afterward. We found that most people, it works better because right after you're still pretty Okay. You're pretty altered and you're, you can be pretty tired. And so sometimes it's not the best time to kind of work through stuff. You might need a little more rest. All right. I dig it. You know, the altered state experience, you, that's something in the cannabis world 
where people get really nervous about being casually baked to full-blown baked. And, you know, and it's the same with alcohol. And so for people who are nervous about being in an altered state, can you give me an example of kind of what it feels like to be in the middle of a ketamine treatment? I'll give you that. And then I'll talk to you about how we deal with people who are worried about altered state because we get that question a lot. Um, yeah, it feels very like a lucid dream. The The feeling, just like everything, very dependent on dose. So your first dose is based on your weight and it's relatively low. We call it like shaking hands with ketamine. And it's just for you to come in and really understand what you're about to experience, especially for people who are not used to being altered state. The amount of people we've put in here who have never been altered is amazing to me because <laughs> I'm like, what have you been doing? You obviously have had a much different life than me because <laughs> I'm like, give me that, whatever. Like, let's go. Um, usually the first infusion, people feel very relaxed, maybe a sensation of floating or like a heaviness kind of like sinking into your chair. Um, Usually big waves of gratitude, big waves of remembering of connections, a lot of kind of like, I love my kids, I love my husband, I love that kind of thing. Um, Ketamine is a very wave-like experience and so things will kind of ebb and flow. So intensity will rise and then it'll fall. Um, Emotions will come up. Some people have a lot of visuals. Some people don't have visuals. Some people just have colors. As you go up in dose, my experience, and I've heard it described by a few people, is I feel like I'm on a roller coaster and I'm kind of like going through almost like I'm at Disney World and I'm going through like tiny whatever that tiny world thing the small is. world small yeah. world thing yeah. and like things are just coming up you know and like i'll go through this whole room and it's green and something will come up and then i'll go into something else and this will come up and it's just kind of this up and down and around kind of feeling of like colors and emotions and um and again the interesting thing about ketamine unlike the other psychedelics is it's a subconscious drug So every other psychedelic is a conscious state drug. So you're dealing with the conscious state. Like you might be on a heroic dose of mushrooms, but you're still in this chair and the chair might look weird, but you know, it's a chair and what's happening. Ketamine is subconscious. So it's all dream. So it's all like this dream-like state that you're in the entire time. And some people have very specific visuals. Like we had one of our good friends, Um, who did a series and he literally was teleported back to his basement when he was like seven and he goes I saw the wallpaper he goes I don't even remember that I knew what the wallpaper was but he goes I was looking and it was he was at an event that happened in his life that was very traumatizing but he was like standing on the side watching wow so that it reprogrammed how he thought about it yeah because he was like maybe what i thought happened didn't happen because that's another interesting thing it's like how our memories are they're not tight yes (laughs) you think they're something (laughs) i was having a reiki session once and the woman said your spirit guides want me to tell you to be careful about the stories that you tell yourself about your childhood so interesting. I know. 
And it is true because we have the story and then we ruminate on what that story was. Mm -hmm. And then if someone asks and then you tell the same story. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, that would be so amazing to be able to be a fly on the wall at some pivotal moment in your life. Is that really what happened? You know, like it's just so interesting regarding the people who are, who are nervous about, surrender altered state that kind of thing the cool thing about ketamine and why it's a really good starter psychedelic for people is this is a really controlled environment which most psychedelics aren't and so being in a space that's medically monitored makes people feel safe then you have a paramedic staring at you for an hour which that's like the safest you're ever gonna be literally staring at you but the other great thing about using iv and using the iv pump is it's very controllable and so we always empower the client to say just so you know you're in charge of this so if things get too intense the first thing the paramedic will do is put hands on and say you're okay breathe let's you know just kind of get them back into their body a little then if it's still too intense, we can slow it down. That's like pumping the brakes. And then if it's still too intense, we can stop it and they would be out of it within a few minutes. And so that's unlike anything that we have access to right now. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's only an hour, whereas if you're jumping on board for any other psychedelic, you're you're on for, for a ride. <laughs> you're in for a while. Yeah. At least at least right now, how we're, how we're using them. So. Yeah, that's true. And, it, you know, I've been with people that they're like, oh, that was a 50 milligram edible. I thought it was five oh, milligrams. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Everybody hold her hand. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to go to bed. I mean, I have taken an edible and a few hours later go to sleep and then have to wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And it's like, I've hit that second level (laughs) peak and I'm like, whoa, where are we? Yes. So those people that are having that experience and you be doing the IV thing, Mm -hmm. is there other ways to administer ketamine that you don't, obviously you can't Mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few other methods. So, um, I am or a shot, um, is used a lot in psychiatrist's office who, administer ketamine. So kind of the main people who administer ketamine are anesthesiologists who own ketamine clinics, anesthesiologists, ER doctors, and psychiatrists. Those are kind of the main people. So usually ER doctors and anesthesiologists will do IVs because they're medically trained in that and that's what they're used to and that's they hire staff to do that. Whereas psychiatrists are doctors, but medical is not their background. So IM shots can be administered by a nurse super easily. So they tend to do lower, tend, not always, tend to do lower doses just because it's a little more controllable. But again, it's one of those things. Once you get a shot of ketamine, you're in for the ketamine. And it's a much different experience. It's much more like peakish. So you get it real fast and then you kind of drop out of it. Whereas on an IV, you kind of go up and then you kind of get at this like hovering altitude and then you come down. Um, And we do some, some stuff with what's called dynamic dosing. So we'll give people more up front so they kind of get there fast and then they can kind of steady state and kind of stay in that dissociative space. And then there's also oral ketamine, nasal ketamine. Um, these are can be compounded at a compounding pharmacy um, or there's, it's called Spravato. So two years ago, spring of 2019, uh, the FDA approved Johnson & Johnson's derivative of ketamine. 
which is called Spravato, which is really annoying because they only did it because they could patent it so that they could make money off of it. And the FDA has said that they don't have enough data for ketamine to approve it to be covered it's by insurance. And it's all a sham. And S-ketamine, which is Spravato, is 30% as effective. It has to be administered in, in a psychiatrist's office. You have to be there for two hours. Um, so it ends up costing out of pocket more than IV ketamine costs. But people go get it because it's covered by insurance. But only part of it's covered by insurance. So you end up spending more to do it and it's less effective. And it's just, it you know, it's one of those just annoying yeah, stupid government. Yeah, <laughs> things where I, you're just I, like, I, I want to just stop pretending that y'all yeah. give a shit. Exactly, about people being healthy. I know it's like, can we choke out big pharma? Yeah, wish. And, uh, <laughs> it's so obnoxious. So okay, but then based on the cost, so how? Mm-hmm. What is what is a typical you know six pack, so to speak, of yeah. sessions? This is one of the problems. It's not accessible for many people. It's not accessible for a lot of people. So the cost for six infusion series is $3,000, which to change your life is not that much. But for a lot of people, it feels inaccessible. And I can completely get that. Um, For us, that includes everything. And the other part that that includes that most clinics don't include is we've partnered with a group called Being True to You, which is a psychedelic integration coaching program. And so all of our patients get two sessions with the integration coach and then can purchase additional sessions because that actually is where the work is done. Ketamine is just the tool to open you up. You actually then have to do the work outside of the clinic to change your life because if you just go back into your life... Will end up in the same place, <laughs> and then that three thousand dollars is, is really fucking is expensive. really down the tube, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's why we found it was so important to include that um, and to kind of force people into doing it because psychedelics, including ketamine, one of the main problems is you feel so good afterward. You think you don't have to do integration because the medicine is going to fix you, and then I'll talk to you two months later, and then guess what? You're doing the same shit you were doing before. Yeah, it's just like everything. But the the good news is, even though ketamine itself isn't covered by insurance, since we're a medical clinic, a lot of the other services you get when you come in are covered by insurance. And so we give everybody what's called a super bill, which is basically for you to self-file with your insurance as an out-of-network claim. And most people now are getting between 30 and 50% back. Okay. Which is good. Yeah. Which is a significant... I always say, just send it in. The worst thing that can happen, they send you money. <laughs> You know, Um, and then we do I mean, we do all kinds of things. We have huge discount for any kind of veteran or first responder. We have discounts for teachers, students, medical professionals. We do um, crisis pricing for people who need it. I mean, we we give away a lot of ketamine, um, probably more than my accountant and my husband would. (laughs) The first year, I didn't really realize how much ketamine I was giving away. Um, But I just think it's important. I think access is a real issue um, when it comes to mental health care in general, and especially the people who need it. Well, and just being a light in your community, it feels good. Yeah. I mean, people need help. I mean, especially now, last year, destroyed people. I mean, really destroyed a lot of people. I mean, the amount 
of suicidal ideation we're seeing now is just, it's heart-wrenching to watch. I mean, people coming in just like desperate, they've lost everything, yeah. you know? And then if somebody calls me and tells me that, I'm not going to say, oh, sorry, <laughs> you don't qualify. I mean, it's like, I would never do that. I mean, it's just the worst thing you can tell people is like, sorry, you can't afford it. Like, you yeah. should just go suffer alone right. in your room. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, just feels ethically wrong. Yeah. So... Yeah, if only everyone in our government, all the lobbyists and all the a-holes could get a conscience so that we could have plants over pills and choose that and have that be a part of our medical solution. And, you know, this is the thing. It is happening. I know it's not ever going to happen fast enough as we want, but it is happening. And the gateway to that is the veterans. Yeah. And that's just the reality because when a Navy SEAL gets up and tells you he was going to blow his fucking head off and instead he went down and did Ibogaine and then came back and did ketamine and, you know, he uses marijuana daily for his pain instead of being on opioids, people start to listen. Yeah. You know, and is that because the government has invested a million dollars into training him? Maybe. But. Whatever gatekeeper we need <laughs> to convince, you know, that there has to be a different way because we were in a crisis before COVID happened. And when we're going to be in lifelong war now, I guess forever is our current model. Yeah, yeah. It's what <laughs> pays all the the bills for all those mofos. Yeah, but then they won't care for them and dudes are blowing their head off every 22 minutes, mm -hmm. you know. Somebody needs to wake up. And I do think and I do think it's happening. I mean, that is why the psychedelic revolution is happening. I mean, that the thing that got MDMA in is can we treat PTSD because it is going to bankrupt our government because yeah. mental health care for our veterans is bankrupting our government. And it's going to be the money. The money is going to be the thing that's going to turn people. But and. The thing is, there are things that are accessible that are much cheaper than medication. <laughs> and I think, you know, just telling your story, if you have used cannabis or psilocybin or ketamine or ibogaine, like tell people about it, talk about it, talk about your experience and where you were before and where you are now, because the more people that go into their doctor's office and they're like, hey, what's this ketamine thing? Yeah. What's the psilocybin thing? You know, the more we talk about it, the more we force the conversation. Yes, we have to normalize it. Um, that's why the work of Carl Hart is so important. You know, Dr. Carl Hart and his, you know, drug use for adults. You know, his big thing is you have to come out of the shadows. Now is the time for every adult to stand up and say, I'm a successful person and I use drugs. And, that's, and, and I'm using and, drugs and air quotes. And that's because, okay. Like, you know, like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, he's like, if everybody would just come out of the damn closet, it'd be like, all right, we all did it. Like, yeah. we're fine. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, in a crack den. Exactly. Because not only am I using them now medically, but I use them for fun. And I used them for fun as a kid. And, uh, you know, like, and that's also Okay. okay. You know, like it's great that we have therapeutic use, but we're also here to experience large amounts of joy. Yes. 
Yes. And altered states allow us to do that and allow us to connect with ourselves and other people. And that is also a part of our human experience that we need to own. Well, and the fact that a lot of people, a lot, the majority of people celebrate things with alcohol, which is a depressant, which then all of a sudden you're like, oh, he just crossed over, you know, like. I've just heard that same story three times in a row or, you know, this person starts getting angry or this one starts taking their clothes off. You know, yeah. it's just like there are a million different things that I have done having cannabis or mushrooms pulsing through my veins where I was my best self. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, completely. Yeah. I mean, in our hilarious hierarchy of drugs is just like, can we please get over that? I mean, people thinking like they can just get bombed out of their mind and that's okay. But God forbid anybody do a mushroom. I mean, it's like, Lord, help us. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, people go on a two and three day bender partying with their friends. I was just talking to one of my friends, like trying to figure out when to catch up with them. And he's like, yeah, I had a big weekend and I feel sick now. Just like, why do we do this? Just over that. I am too. over that. And well, here we go. There's another, and that's another amazing thing that ketamine has now been used for addiction. And that is unbelievable. The amount of addicts that we treat now, especially alcohol and opioids, and we do it with a stack of ketamine and then follow it with NAD, which is another kind of vitamin therapy that helps with mitochondrial energy health. And so it basically is a huge detox. And so we're doing that every day. And and just to see people going through standard detox and rehab, there's nine out of 100 people stay sober. Nine. Yeah. To go to rehab, which costs between thirty and fifty thousand a month, that's the model. That's the current rehab model. You know, whereas people doing NAD ketamine therapy, it's costing them four to six thousand dollars, and about over sixty percent of people stay sober. It's like what? That's what a no-brainer. I mean, it's just like this hilarious, like what? But that's the whole thing because then you're dealing with root cause trauma. Because addiction is a symptom of trauma. Addiction is not actually a disease. A dis- a- addiction is a symptom. Yes, maybe you're genetically predisposed to use addiction to treat your trauma. But find me an addict that doesn't have trauma. It doesn't exist. Yeah, you got to get to the root. It is triggered by trauma. And you have to figure out and deal with what is the underlying reason of why you're trying to kill yourself slowly. Yeah. Because that's what you're doing. (laughs) Absolutely. The addiction piece, I couldn't swing a stick and Mm. not hit somebody that's addicted to something. Yeah. And that's even, you know, that was an interesting thing when we first opened because we didn't know that. Nobody had started studying it yet when we first opened and we had some clients coming in and they would call themselves heavy normal drinkers, which is you're probably drinking more than you should. You know, you're drinking every day. But you don't want to consider yourself an alcoholic. But you're not an alcoholic because you're still functioning and you're just doing it to relax, air quotes, you know. And I just remember the first client and he was like, you know, it's weird. I haven't had a drink in two weeks. And I was like, why do you think that is? He goes, I don't know. And I go, I'll tell you why. I go, because you actually were just trying to medicate your anxiety. 
It had nothing. You didn't want to drink. People, most people that are drinking every day don't want to drink. They are just so anxious that they think that alcohol is relaxing them because alcohol in the moment feels like a depressant. Problem is the worst part about alcohol is rebound anxiety. Rebound anxiety and rebound depression are a studied phenomenon of alcohol. So if you have anxiety and depression and you still drink, you're doing something wrong because that is absolutely the worst thing you can do. Not to mention it is a huge sleep interrupter, which also is a huge tie to your mental health. Yes. <laughs> not to mention it fucks up your gut biome, which is also a big part of your health. Yeah. Not so to like, mention it fucks up most of your relationships. Yeah. Not to mention then you're going to fight with people. <laughs> Well, and okay, let me get my thought together because then I was like going to rampage on it. Someone's come in, they have the addiction and they're starting to see this difference or whatever. I had one guy say I hadn't had a drink in a month after mm -hmm. doing some ketamine treatments. Yeah. Does it turn off the desire to drink? Do you feel worse when you drink or is it just you just feel better? So it's an afterthought. Yeah it pretty much diminishes the desire. And we think that is because of a few things, but one of the things is it downregulates your resting anxiety and depression, which is usually why people are drinking in the first place. They're usually trying to cope with their emotions. And when you can actually process your emotions instead of suppress and right. cope with your emotions, then you don't have to use whatever thing you're using. And it doesn't need to be alcohol. It could be your phone. It could be TV. It could be sex. It could be whatever. Everybody is using stuff to cope. But if you can actually process emotions. The other thing that it that ketamine is really helpful for is because when you downregulate that, that underlying mental health stuff, is you get a real big energy boost because you're spending, you don't realize when you have high levels of resting anxiety, how much energy that takes in your system every day. To yeah. spin takes a lot of energy in your body and your nervous oh, yeah. system. And so when that goes away or that you've been so depressed, like you're just so downregulated, you'll get this real energetic boost. And then all of a sudden you have this energetic capacity to do all this stuff that you know you're supposed to be doing to keep yourself like you'll have people all of a sudden week two be like, I went for a walk every day this week or I went in my garden or I meditated or all the stuff that they know they should be doing. But when you're struggling, it feels impossible to yeah. do. And so when you get that energetic rebound, then you're like, oh, I can finally do that again. Yeah. And you're motivated to do all the good things and not the other. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, is there anything like advice that you have for people if they're wanting to get started? Do you have information that you share on your website that's mm -hmm. helpful to kind of get somebody ramped up? Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of articles and things on our website um, just to kind of educate yourself and all the different stuff that ketamine treats. So whether you're struggling with anxiety, depression, eating disorders, OCD, we have articles and all that. Um, you know, the biggest thing is and actually this is an article that I'm in the middle of processing or writing right now is what to ask to know if you're going to a good clinic <laughs> because Ooh, it's yeah. really important. Um, just like every business, there are really good practitioners and there are people that aren't so good. And one of the things to realize about ketamine, especially with this explosion of it is there are people getting into this business for money 
and not really under the I'm sure everybody is trying their best and doing their best, but maybe doesn't have as a holistic look at it. You know, there maybe many, perhaps cutting a few corners, maybe perhaps cutting a few corners or just not really high level patient care or don't take a holistic approach to mental health, really view it as a medication and you come in and I give you the med and then you leave and there's nothing else. There are a lot of people that view that. I'm going to just call it out ER doctors in general. <laughs> and I think that's just how they're trained. I don't think that think they're still doing good, but I think it's just this yeah. transactional, it's a more of a transactional approach. And so really looking for a clinic that views ketamine as a psychedelic, I find is very important because understanding the psychedelic effect of ketamine and being able to hold space for people is really important. I also think asking the ketamine provider have they done ketamine? That's mm. my number one question. Have you done it? Because about 90% of providers have not. And I'll just tell you, if nobody's gone through it that works there, they're not going to understand how to hold space for you. Yeah, I don't I don't want to go on a cross-country hike with someone who's never guided one before. Exactly. So it's just like that is like my most important thing. And then I do think, I do think IV is superior to other other factors. And then judging the other thing would be, do you want somebody with you? Do you want to go through the therapeutic approach while you're under ketamine? Do you feel really nervous about it? Or do you feel like you could do more self-guided? Both are really great. Ketamine-assisted therapy tends to be significantly more expensive just because you're paying for a therapist and you're paying for the, the therapy. Um, and so that's another thing to just consider. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's fascinating. I love what you're doing and um, I appreciate who you are and how you show up in the world. Oh, so thank you. Yes. So glad we got to meet. I know. <laughs> I know. We have so many we like millions of connections. <laughs> yes. In Texas and in California. And so I'm like, I need to sit down in front of this woman before I leave town again. So yes. thanks for making time for me. Of course. Great combo. Yes. Now, if people want to find and follow you on social, what is your handle? It's Aluma, and everybody spells it wrong, so I'm going to spell it. It's I-L-L-U-M-M, two M's. Everybody wants to put one M, but there's two M's. A, I-L-L-U-M-M-A, like illuminate, illuminate your brain. I'm into it. Yeah. So Aluma everywhere you can find us. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out. Of course. When I was growing up, one of my dad's favorite ways to wake me and my sisters of a morning was to flip on the bedroom lights while announcing, it's a cold, cruel world out there. And I'm fairly certain that the majority of us were programmed early in life to believe that the fight and struggle were necessary to earn what we want, or at least to give value to the success. And I can attest that you can indeed fight, struggle, and succeed. But as a grown-ass woman who's done the work to deprogram and to heal old wounds, I certify that you can also relax, have fun, focus your intention, and let the journey be its own magical reward. The definition of success and the path to meaning really is up to us as individuals. And most of the time, the difference between struggle and letting it be easy is a simple shift of perspective. 
For me, meditating with plant medicine is often the catalyst for flipping that switch. And as a public service announcement, I want to add that there's no time like the present to deal with your shit. So what do you say? No more sweeping things under the proverbial rug. I encourage you to recognize any victim-centric storylines and negative thought loops blocking you from stepping into self-love, happiness, and personal power. And I hope after hearing today's chat, you begin to find the negative narrative easier to recognize when you find yourself saying it. You might not be there yet, and it may take a while longer, but at some point, the baggage you're carrying will get too heavy to drag into another day. And I'm so excited for you to let that shit go. If you think ketamine therapy might be a good fit for you, continue your homework in the podcast 198 show notes at casuallybaked.com. And if you're looking for a -a one-of-a-kind cannabis-infused getaway this year, I invite you to join me in the beautiful wine and weed country of Sonoma County, California. As a cannabis lifestyle guide, I've cultivated a -a one-of-a-kind farm stay experience where you can enjoy the casually baked lifestyle and the magic of sun-grown cannabis farms and vineyards. If you're into wine, weed, wellness, great weather, or all of the above, get ready to have a high time customized just for you. Learn more at casuallybaked.com backslash travel. That's casuallybaked.com backslash travel. Continue to submit your can of curious questions through the website or DM me on social. I'm at Casually Baked on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and the Weed Tube. And if you're picking up what I'm putting down, please spread the message far and wide, my friend by rating and reviewing the podcast wherever you listen. That small action helps other canna-curious folks find this highly responsible cannabis content. So thanks for doing your part to Puff Puff Pass It On. Yes, is a high time. We had a high time together. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly, Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.